0: Exodus 27, Shemot 27. All right. Shabbat shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. I think we had a bit of a glitch, but we are here and blessings upon you this Sabbath. Registration for Passover is open. So you can click on the link down in the description below. Or if you are in the chat, scroll back a little bit and you'll find that you'll find the link right there. And we have the registration open. For the Passover. So, Baruch, Hashem, Yahweh, blessings to all of you. We are in Torah portion, Tetzavah, and it begins in Shemot, Exodus chapter 27, verse 20, and extends through chapter 30, verse 10. Let's delve right into the text. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony. Ahron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before Yahweh. It shall be a statute forever unto their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. And we'll get into this and unpack so much more, including the breastplate, the garments of the priesthood, and so much more within this Torah portion. Analogy and metaphor, as believers in Yehusha, we know that he is the way, the truth, and the light. Sometimes referred to in Scripture as the way, the truth, and the life. But today we're going to look at him as the way, the truth, and the light. And what would happen in ancient Israel to get that light is that you would go into the olive groves, And you would pick the olives, and the olives would then be put into a press, and they would be hard-pressed down. And the olive oil is what would illuminate the tabernacle, the menorah. And here's the metaphor and the, the analogy for us. If we are to reflect the light of Yahushua in our lives and be that reflection, then we need to what? We need to, as it says right here, we need to order our lives so that we are before Yahushua morning and night through the reading of the scripture, through prayer and petition. And it's not something that we can neglect. Otherwise, our light will become dim. And ultimately, if that oil is to burn bright, What is the thing that can corrupt the brightness of the light that we're to shine? The flesh of the olive. If the flesh of the olive is in the oil mixture, it becomes corrupted. And when our flesh rises up, it corrupts the shadow picture of the light that we're to be to the nations. And that's something in a world where there is so much carnality, and of course, we oftentimes react to it Because it can be pressing upon us to be guarded of that. Because ultimately, for us to get where we need to go, which is the kingdom of heaven brought down here on earth, we need to let our light shine bright. And that means we have to be continuously, that's not a drip, that's a flow, of getting the flesh out. Getting the flesh out. We're going to see three main topics in this Torah pasha. number one, the nir Tamid, That's the eternal light. In the Hebrew, nir Tamid, the eternal light. Number two, the garments of the Kohenim, the garments of the priests. And then number three, we're going to look at the incense altar. So why is the nir Tamid the eternal light of the menorah, set in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, before the incense altar. Why? What is the teaching? Well, we get to have the benefit of the whole of the scripture, so we can look back now and see clearly. But in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, remember, there was a corruption, and the corruption was the golden calf. So Yahuwah had to go and show them how to live by laying it out practically before them and then through repetition and repetition and repetition they would practice. But what, in fact, were they practicing? Well, the answer lies in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Why was the eternal light of the menorah set in the tabernacle before the incense altar? And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of colors, which are the prayers of the saints. Golden vials full of odors, not colors, odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So what would happen is the golden bowls full of incense were always to be your and mine prayers. That's what they were always to represent. Those golden bowls were always... From the tabernacle forward to represent how we are supposed to approach Yahuwah with those golden bowls full of incense, which are your and mine prayers. So it's essential, it's essential for us as believers in the way, the truth, and the life, which is Yahusha HaMashiach, the way, the truth, and the light, which is Yahusha HaMashiach, to have obtained Yahusha first so that we can then shine that light of the world as a reflection of him, we then begin our service to Yahuwah, not by outward replication, but because we have come into the illumination of the light himself, Yahusha. So the light of Yahusha is what starts our service. If you try and have a service unto Yahuwah without Yahusha, then it doesn't work. Because the first essential ingredient to coming before Yahweh is that you have the light, which is the sun. Otherwise, you're in dead religious works. There is only one way, and it is the way, the truth, and the light. And once you have the light, now you can go further into intimacy with your relationship because you have the order of the tabernacle correct. So we have then, from that point on, we now, because we have the light, we can now, we have the ruach, which is the oil, which is now hard pressed, and then we begin to pray. And that prayer is a pleasing fragrance that then can arise into the nostrils of Yahuwah. And this is the order of our service from the time we come to know the way, the truth, and the light. So we can continue on. John chapter 8 verse 12 is very, very descriptive of what I'm talking about. Then spake Yehusha again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the Eternal light, the light of life, or the Tamid in the Hebrew. Meaning, if you're outside of Yahushua, the light of the world, then what? You're in darkness. And darkness means judgment. Light is mercy, darkness is judgment. Brightness is is really the shining of his redemption, where assembly, worship, and offerings all become a sweet fragrance. But outside of that light, could you still worship Yahuwah? Could you still assemble? Could you still sing songs? But what would that mean? Well, Amos tells us exactly what that would mean in chapter 5, verse 20. This is trying to approach Yahuwah and come into the tabernacle without addressing the light. Because without the light, you have no oil. And without the oil and the light, your prayers, your worship are a stench in the nostrils of Yahuwah. But with the light and with the oil of the Ruach HaKodesh and you start to get the flesh out, then your prayers, your worship and your music is a sweet fragrance unto Yahuwah. Because in the light is true worship, and outside of the light is darkness. Amos 5, verse 20. Shall not the day of Yahweh be darkness and not light? That's judgment. Even every dark and no brightness in it. There's no menorah. I hate, because you haven't approached me the way that I've outlined in the scripture, is you've got to come to the light first. Because I hate, I despise your feast days, I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. There's going to be no fragrance coming up. Though ye offer me burnt offerings in your meat offerings, it's unacceptable to me. Neither will I regard your peace offerings or your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of your happy clappy songs for I will not hear the melody of the vials. So the incense altar faces the ark, which contains the book of the covenant, flanked by the menorah and the table of showbread, showing us that a pleasing fragrance arises when the saints have the nir-tahmid, Yahushua, a metaphor for Yehusha, the eternal light of Yehusha, the bread of life flanked over here, the showbread, His presence or the presence of the face is brought before the throne and the seven ruachs, which are represented by the seven branch menorah, they are lit by the light of Yahushua and influenced by the commandments contained in covenant that are within the ark, which is our hearts. So this was all a teaching for what would come because they broke the covenant at the golden calf sin. So Yahuwah had to lay out the orchestration of the furniture to teach what would come so that now we have the benefit of looking back to see how it has always been about the near Tamid. It's always been about the way, the truth, and the light. And... In ancient Israel, you would get that light by going up into an olive grove and picking the olives. And the olives would then be taken down to a stone press and be ground down and ground down. And many of you that have been to Israel have seen it. I've seen the olive presses, and they're they're still there today. And then there would be a spout that would come out, and the oil would be collected, and it would be then put into the menorah, into the lamps, and it would shine, and bright light would shine forth only if the flesh of the olive didn't pollute the brightness because the flesh of the olive corrupts the light. How many times have we seen me get all fleshly and all riled up and it affects the light? Yes, we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. And I'm preaching to the choir here because, you know, I like to get a little bit in there. But oftentimes, you know, that flesh, you've got to... Cool your jets, Matthew, because I can get all riled up. But truly, for me to have real shalom, I have to let the flesh go. Right? I have to let... And I'm aware of that. But that flesh of the olive will extinguish the light quicker than shalom and brightness will keep it illuminated. And we have a duty to tend to the light morning and evening. Our relationship with Yahusha. It cannot be put upon the side. It must be tended to with morning prayers and evening prayers and morning scripture and evening scripture. It must be methodically done. You must teach it to your children. You must have morning devotions and evening devotions, morning prayers and evening prayers. It's not an option. We need to be living and stoking the eternal flame of Yahushua in our hearts, the ark. Otherwise, we become lukewarm and that flesh rises up and then the light diminishes. There's my metaphors for you. Oh, good grief. Turn to another book in the scripture, would you, Matthew? Ephesians. What are you looking at? I've got Ryan up here again, front and center, trying to intimidate me. See, so you sit up in front. That's spitting distance. Are you allowed to say that nowadays? Are you allowed to talk about, is that an arrestable, it's an arrestable fence if you're in Canada, I'm sure. Bloody Henry. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. That at the time ye were without the light. Ye were without Mashiach, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We're not talking about aliens, E.T., okay? I know you young ones you like aliens why is it well, they there were aliens back there they believed in aliens no they didn't <laughs> not those kinds of aliens levi crying out loud too much star wars that's the problem isn't it oh they were aliens back there no there wasn't They're demons aliens but no when, we're talking about foreigners here just for you young people here that ye were without the light, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without Elohim in the world. But now in Moshiach Yehusha, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Moshiach. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and he hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enemity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself twain one new man. So did you notice a distinction between commandments contained in ordinances as opposed to commandments contained in... Covenant. So, what would be commandments contained in ordinances? The book of the law that was added after the golden calf breach. It was all of the commandments contained in ordinances, which were a schoolmaster and a tutor, until the time of Reformation, when he would press his flesh to expand and expel the Ruach HaKodesh out to the nations through the crushing of the flesh. And then that crushing of the flesh, his light of the world is manifest to a dead dark and decaying world and it was darkness when his light was expressed and then from that the ordinances are laid aside because now the covenant is lit by his light because it was never never commandments contained in ordinances that were in the ark of the covenant was it it was the commandments contained in covenant that were in the ark and yes in a pocket beside the ark was the commandments contained in ordinances but which ones were sprinkled in blood ratified by blood and which ones weren't that's the question that you have to answer so oftentimes in scripture people will ram all the way through and go, oh, look, there's a covenant. Well, yeah, but where's the blood sprinkling? There's no blood sprinkling. It cannot be Malkitzedic. Because for a Malkitzedic covenant of promise, there has to be four things, and we've spoken about that many times. There has to be a proposal, an acceptance, blood ratification, and a covenant-confirming meal. And we see it today in life as well. All this whole world is all about a proposal. Somebody proposes you something. You have a duty to either accept it, reject it, but you can't ignore it. And then you can go on to either dishonor or honor. It really is about that life. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Now, the Hebrew word for incense is the Hebrew word ketoreth. And ketoreth for incense, it means connection. Connection, Because by the light upon the covenant, we have a connection that could never be there before. We have the Torah and the testimony connected. Isaiah 8.20 To the Torah and the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Does that make sense? Isaiah prophesied our very Torah portion. The light has to come first so that the Torah and the testimony are connected and that is through the light and the prayers of the saints. It's amazing. It's only when I met the son, Yahushua, the light, that I was able to have a connection, an incense or a ketorath to the father. I remember being 18 years old and being devastated, absolutely devastated in my life. And I was in Jerusalem, and I remember going to the hotel and placing my hand upon the wall and crying, crying in prayer to God. And there was nothing. Because I did not have a relationship with the son until another six years later. And I was, in, I was in desperate fits. In the Middle East, on my own, I'd hike from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem by myself. Then I hitched hike from Jerusalem down to Elat by myself. And this was back in the times when there was a lot more hostility than there is presently. And I was crying out, because I was like, you know, I was scared. Well, I would never have admitted it at the time. But I thought maybe I'd have a go at praying to God. Well, why not? Everything else failed. There was no connection. Because until I met the Son six years later, how could I have a connection? Even in the holiest site, geographically, it doesn't matter if you've still got generational iniquity that needs to be repented of. So... That's my testimony. So the deepest sense of connection, the sense of fulfillment, the intimate connection is the rising of the incense and positioning of the saints through patience. Let the ruach lead the saints from church to the tabernacle. Because if you stay in church, do you have the Torah and the testimony? No, because they've, they're saying, oh, the Torah is, is, is abolished. So there's not the connection to the Father that you should have. And many people that are in the church, it's like, well, I get, you know, that Jesus is the Messiah, but why is it that we're praying to Jesus and we never talk about God? Did you ever wonder that? I always did. I was like, well, okay, but why is it so... And you never heard about the Father. It was always about the Son, the Son, the Son, and Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Well, that might have been because I was at Calvary Chapel. But you know what I'm saying. But now I have a fullness of understanding the Father, the Son, the Ruach, and you, the 12 tribes scattered abroad, that it's Israel. We are Israel. Ephraim and Judah coming together. There is no second-class citizens here. There is no, there is one Torah for the native-born and the alien. And they get to graft in, and we are all one in Moshiach. We are a multi-ethnic tribe coming together, Joseph's multi-colored aliens. Coats, sorry. It's the children, they throw me off, they throw me off. Instead, though, instead of the proper incense, we got a bunch of people running around following, what do they call that thing? The thurible, I think. The thurible? Wasn't it the Catholic thurible? You know, the incense thurible? Yeah, we got people following the thurible to Mass. Well, how did they get that from here? Well, allegedly they did. I do not see the connection. I mean, we've got this holy rite laid out in the tabernacle. It's outlined in the Torah. But then what happens is people leave the Torah and they fall into the judgment of Amos chapter 5, verse 20. They take elements of scripture, but then they do it by their own heart's desires, and it is a pollution. Think about the Thurible and the Catholic Mass, Okay you got, you got these people banging it around, swinging it about in the sign of the cross. And then you, they do three swings over here. Boom, boom, boom. That's three swings for some graven images. And then they do a few swings over here to Jesus and open public veneration. This is a real thing. This is what they do. Two swings over there to incense on the relics, which are graven images, Right? And then we do another couple of swings over there so we can uh, pray for the dead that are exposed to public veneration. And then they go and incense an altar. What's a pagan altar? And you've got people that don't read their Bibles on a regular basis go, oh, this this came from the tabernacle. No, it did not come from the tabernacle. It came from the mind of corrupt men it's called syncretism. How is this any different than this? And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. And they rose up early in the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat drink and rose up to play. Rose up to play, they were in acts of fornication and temple prostitution. This is exactly what the church has done with the commandments of Yahuwah. There's a semblance of it, but it's syncretism and it falls under the judgment of Amos 520. That is because they have left the light to follow after. Men. Anyway, I need to be patient, I need to calm down and relax, get my flesh out of it, I need to be patient with these people. But it doesn't seem like they're making steps towards Revelation fourteen twelve to me now, does it? Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of Elohim and have faith in Yahusha, because they have no desire to keep the commandments of Elohim and have faith in Yahusha. Well, let's go back to our text. Exodus chapter 27, verse 20. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure olive oil beaten for the light. This is the nir tchamid, the lamp that is lit. But a lamp without light is ineffective. And the oil, of course, representing the Ruach HaKodesh, that is to illuminate our life and to illuminate the paths in which we need to walk. Guidance. What shall we do? We need to pray and let the Ruach lead us. Pure olives pressed down and beaten so the oil is expelled. The flesh of the olive is nothing but a hindrance to the light. And that's why we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. And we are to keep an eye on our flesh and blood because it does want to raise up. But if we continually let the flesh raise up, it extinguishes the light quicker and quicker and quicker. And if we want to illuminate our body temples, we got to get the flesh out and we've got to get the ruach up. And I'm preaching to the choir because I wrestle with it because I am on fire. I'm pumped all the time. And then I crash, and then I'm up, and I'm like, "Son of a guns!" I mean, I just am. It's just the way I am. Then I'm like, "Okay, I've got to calm down." Okay. So prayer and the Word help center me and calm me down, you know. But I would—I mean, I'd be kind of boring if I didn't have that. I think, you know. So anyway, that's it, me excusing my flesh right there. <laughs> we are hard pressed, but not crushed. Yahweh will not give us more than we can bear, right? Isn't that the truth? We are hard-pressed, but we are not crushed. All right? They think they're going to crush us. No, no, no. We are hard-pressed, but we are not crushed. He will not give me more than I can bear. And then I'm like, oh, Yahuwah, I would have liked it if maybe I couldn't have borne so much, because I I, it would be nice if I wasn't going through as much as I am. But to be anointed, we need to allow the Ruach to pour over us. Amen? a person operating in the flesh is a mixture operating outside the pure anointing oil and then you find well i'm not as anointed for the task at hand that i should have been i've done that i'm most probably the only one well i know you did too because you got in trouble at school the other week didn't you yeah all right see it was your flesh wasn't it? But you realize. The Hebrew for burn. Means to ascend. When we burn it's an ascension offering. It means to ascend. So the purer the oil. And the purer and the brighter it burns. What? The more the incense ascends. The more our prayers ascend. And the more ascension happens inside of the tent. Our tabernacle if you think about it. So when we have a purer anointing, then the mind is set free from the lower polluted realms. And that is what we're wrestling with, the de- with today. Setting the mind free from the lower polluted realms. Because this world is getting more and more polluted in its thinking. And... And the whole mind is becoming more virtual reality in tuned, right? We've got Zoom meetings, you're on YouTube right now. It becomes more virtual reality, not as much Panaim el Panaim. Face-to-face connections with the saints, that's why we want you to come together at the feasts, is what is going to help us ascend out of the flesh. We've got to make those connections. A man who isolates himself seeks his own, the scriptures say. So we've got to have fellowship because we can bump and bang against one another and rub a little bit, and but that produces oil because otherwise we're in isolation. Yahweh knows what we need best. The mind needs to be set free from the lower polluted realms. Then, when, then... Ah, then the body relaxes because a fragrance of prayer opens up the senses. This is what in Hebrew is called hitbodeh, meditation. Hitbodeh, meditation. It's Hebrew tabernacle meditation, you know? it's None of this hippy-dippy meditation. I tried that once upon a time, didn't do me any good. But Hebrew hitbodeh, it's Hebrew tabernacle meditation you do realize that the high priest was understood to have encountered Hitbo Day, Hebraic temple medica- meditation annually as he went in to the Kadosh HaKedoshim. And he ascended as a fragrance unto Yahuwah and was thought to have transfigured from being human into his natural estate, which was garments of light. Let me just trip out on that for a minute because it's kind of interesting. Let me show you this, okay? So, the high priest, as we know, once a year he would have gone into the Kadosh HaKedoshim. Is it possible that when he went into the Kadosh HaKedoshim, he was transfigured, Luke 9, as a son of Elohim, like unto resurrection, long before the apostles wrote in these terms? Think about this. Now, the transformation, of course, it would have been lost in the second temple era. Why would it have been lost? Because I believe the whole furniture of the temple had a frequency to it, okay? And a, a vibrational frequency effect, the placing, the measurements by cubits, the building, the gold, the metallics, everything. You've got the gold, your silver, your bronze, all. All of this metallic frequency. You've got gopher wood. You've got all of these frequencies that when the high priest went in there dressed in linen, okay? And we know the frequencies of linen are healing. That there was a transfiguration and a resurrection, Luke chapter 9. And they shed their garments of flesh once a year. The high priest shed his garments of flesh and was transfigured into garments of light. The pre edenic fall Return to which you and I will attain in the resurrection. So, this would have been lost though in the second temple era. Why? Because they didn't have all the blooming furniture in there, so the frequencies were lost. But before the second temple in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, first temple era, this was common to have been done annually once a year. There was the resurrection transfiguration of the Kohen Haggadah. Would that be a shadow picture of something good to come? Luke Leviticus chapter 16 verse 17 hints at it in a sowed level. Now some of you are going to go, in the plain sense of the text it doesn't say that. That's the Peshat. But does it hint, Remez? And can we have allegory and metaphor drash? And could there be a sowed? Deep, mysterious layer to what I'm about to read to you in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 17, that when he went into the Holy of Holies, he was no longer a man. Let's see what it says. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place. He's not going to be a man. Until he comes out again. Because something is metaphysically going to happen in that place. Is it possible to have that reading? Until he comes out. And he has made atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. Well, Philo, the Jewish historian, he was in agreement with me. Well, actually, I'm in agreement with him because he preceded me. But anyway, he said this. He shall not be a man when he enters to make atonement. That's what Philo said regarding that passage. Now think about this. So Yahushua, the sun, the light, the near Tamid, had been manifested in the royal high priests of the pre-Mosaic covenant realm. He manifested himself to them and they were able to be transformed. High priests that were born human beings, like Enoch, we know that Enoch was a high priest, they became transfigured once a year through the ritual that happened inside the Kadosh HaKedoshim, the Holy of Holies. Which is why Nahum and Abihu got smoked Because they weren't up to the task at hand. And those reverberational frequencies just blew them apart. Just... (laughs) Psalm 110, actually, is an enthronement psalm. And it's set in the Holy of Holies. Many people don't realize that. A human king could become transfigured and become a Malkit Zedek through this transfiguration process that happened in the Holy of Holies once a year. In fact, there's an ancient damaged text of Psalm 110 in the Hebrew, and it's not the Masoretic text, but the oldest Greek texts, and it says... Of course, we understand the oldest Greek text is the Septuagint that was translated from the ancient Hebrew. And it says, In the glory of the holy ones, Malachim, angels, I have begotten you. And the damaged Hebrew also mentions dew, like dew on the ground. I would say dew, but I have to do it for my Americana audience. Mm -hmm. Dew. The dew is part of the process, because do, do, is a symbol of resurrection. See, I have to to accommodate my audience. It's like when I'm in the kitchen and I say to my son, excuse me, son, could you pass me the basil? He's like, what? Because I'd like some basil on my pizza. Basil. Basil. What's another one I do? And you're like, I like basil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have khaki, khaki trousers. My wife's like, I like, have you seen my khakis? And she's like, I'm looking for my trousers, you know, khakis. And she's thinking, I'm looking for my khakis. So we have, we have to work on some of those things. Anyway, I'm off, I'm off. I was talking do, do, not do, do. Psalm 110, the flesh, you see, it's rising up and the illumination is going. Psalm 110 verse 3, from the womb comes dew. Meaning what? From the womb comes a new state that is birthed in the Holy of Holies. If you can see the analogy and metaphor. Well, let's think about the garments. The next section is working with the garments of the priests. This is fascinating. Let's deal with that. I mean we can talk about you know the linen and the fabric but let's talk about really the garments because this flesh is nothing but a hindrance is it? It hinders our prayers of the Saints, it hinders the production of oil and it hinders the illumination. We have to constantly crush the flesh because we aren't supposed to be in the flesh. We were never supposed to have flesh Originally, we were covered with Yahuwah's garments of light. We were light beings so that we expressed his kavod, his glory. We were interdimensional beings. We could walk through walls and trees and the trees speak. And again, that will happen. But after the fall in the garden, we were given garments of flesh. Because the eating of the fruit exposed what? Exposed us to our nakedness. And then it exposed the flesh because there was rebellion, which is pollution and judgment. Bear with me. Psalm 104, verse 1. For Yahweh have put on excellency and splendor, covering yourself with light as a garment. So, when we had fellowship with Yahuwah in the garden, Adam the Chava, that intimacy was because Adam the Chava were beings of light. And because they were beings of light, they had intimate fellowship with Yahuwah who is light. There was no separation. There was no barrier. There was no interdimensional barrier. It was intimacy. But then the S.A. Tan wanted to then bring a barrier, a dimensional barrier in to split the relationship and cause a barrier, darkness, and judgment. And from that point on, they became aware of their nakedness. Which is what? All of a sudden their garments of light, they had garments of flesh. Which is why the next thing that happened is Yahuwah then there was the first blood sacrifice on Yom Kippur and they took the garment off the animal and clothed themselves with garments of flesh, literally animal skins. That happened on Yom Kippur. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 explains this all. In the Hebrew it says, Barashik Bara Elohim Aleftaf eretz. And the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was upon the surface of the deep mayim, water. And the chruach of Elohim moved upon the face of the Mayim water. And Elohim said, Let there be light. Anyone with me? Let me be light, and there was light. And Elohim saw the light, and it was tov, it was good. And Elohim divided the light from the darkness, and Elohim called the light daytime, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were Yom Echad. There was an Echad right there, total completeness. Echad. Now, without dark, without void and dark, meaning... Until light was brought forth, which sets apart light from darkness, that's what brought form to the earth. Think about it. You're in the back, doggy-duggies, trying to process. Think about it. Until light is brought forth, it's the light that separates The darkness. Otherwise, it's just darkness. It's void and darkness. It's the introduction of the light that brings form and substance. Without light, there is no form and substance. Can we agree? Right? So, it's the introduction of the light that causes the division, and you see it in the world today. Oh, you've got your blood family that you were raised with. Boom. You get born again, all of a sudden there is a division between the darkness and the light, and you're like, oh my goodness, and you're starting to gravitate towards your tribal family, right? We're thicker than blood. Because the blood that binds us is the blood of Yahushua, which is colorblind, which is ethnically blind, right? Which is why... When you get true Torah people together, you're like, whoa, hang on a minute. There's every class, there's every race, there's every creed. It, does, it, it makes no sense. It's not like a country club where we're all of one economic class, we're all of one color, we're all of one. It makes no sense. Because usually people divide over those, t- they, they unite over these things. But not in, not, not in true Torah. It's all because there's one thing that unites us. And it's the blood of Yahushua. And it's that light that causes the division. And that's true brotherhood. That's so powerful. So powerful. Men cannot teach this. Only Yahweh can teach this. All of this stuff that they've got going on, everyone dividing here, there, and another, because they have no faith and they have no forgiveness. Without forgiveness, there can be no reconciliation between man and man. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. Doesn't mean we want to hang out with the people or anything, but, you know, we forgive them. So, therefore, light brings form, and that form emanates from Yahweh because Yahuwah is the ultimate source of light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it is written, and Elohim says, Let us make man in our image and our after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So the word of Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So man thus is made in Yahweh's image and Yahweh's image is light. Garments of light. And later in Genesis, a physical body is the what consequence of sin. This stinking thing is a consequence of sin. And it is the body, the flesh, that jeopardizes our walk constantly, isn't it? And the mind is flesh because it's a connection to the flesh. Right? Everything. Everything I struggle with. (sighs) We are going to be done with this and live eternally as radiant garments of light, interdimensional beings. Walking, th- walking with the trees because trees are people and even the stone shall cry out so they can all go into the bloody metaphors as far as I'm concerned into virtual reality world and we will continue to work on crushing our flesh and being the light of Yahushua and they will be boosted up the yin yang till, you know, they'll be on the 50th booster, living in the metaverse, playing tokens, and they'll all be living under a bridge, thinking that they're living in the kingdom of heaven. Right? Have you seen some of that metaverse stuff? They're wearing the virtual reality goggles, walking around naked, banging into walls and tripping over the TV and falling into goldfish tanks and electrocuting themselves. And you're like, this is the definition of foolish. If you knew what you looked like, you know they got Marmite all down them, and ba- oh, now I'm talking about myself. No. But you know what I mean? Terrible. <laughs> That's the future. That's what the world has to offer you. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. That is what they have got to offer you. Okay? Biden's going to finance the whole thing. Or there is another way to live. Choose this day who you will swerve. I mean, serve. (laughs) Oh, good night, Josephine. I want my body to be like the first Adam. I do not want it to be like Joe Biden's. Okay? That is not my future. I want to be light as Yahushua is light. And he demonstrated that in a transfiguration of Luke chapter 9. There's a hope and a future for you. Okay? The last hope and a future we got with the... Previous couple of elections, well, that didn't turn out to much hope and future at all, did it? Good night. Transfiguration of light. I want to go back to my original garments of light. And I believe that when we continue to stay in Yehusha, that is the promise that he has for us. Now, there's two Hebrew words used for naked. I'm not going to embarrass you. Am I talking about nakedness? No, because you go to public school and they teach you about that when you're four. Bloody Henry, don't they? Don't they? So I've got to remember, so I can talk about anything in front of you. You most probably know more about everything than I do. Birds and the bees, you right? Wish you are in the Salem Kaiser School District. Oh, crying out loud. All right, good night. Before the fall of man, the word for naked was achlom. Yeah, they didn't teach you that in the Salem Kaiser School District, did they? Right? A'een chresh, vav mem. We'll go back on Monday and we'll get you you an A+. And it's used in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And it means partially naked or a transparent state. Okay? And they were both naked, achrom, and the male and the female, and they were not ashamed. Why weren't they ashamed? Because they were garments of light. They weren't ashamed. They were in their natural state, and because Yahuwah is a being of light, there was total harmony and deep fellowship. Intimacy, where you could walk in the garden, and in, and then all of a sudden, Yahuwah, a garment of light, cannot interface dimensionally how he was interfacing with his creation he's like well where did you go well they walked they they were stuck behind a wall of a dimension because they'd eaten of the metaphorical fruit and there was a dimensional block so we're walking around here and we think this is all bloody you know we I want to I break it down and get through, right? With that movie with Matthew McConaughey. He'd be back here walking around back behind here. Did you see that movie? That was a good movie, wasn't it? What was that one called? Interstellar. Interstellar. That's a mind trip of a movie. He's back here behind the Torah to the tribe screen. Oh, my goodness. It's my dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm an ex. Grandma. Oi. What are you doing back there? That's what that movie would do to your head. But, but all right. How many cups of coffee have I had today? See, I've got Tamara Salerno staying with me right now. Right, so, see, I've always got to blame somebody other than myself. Oh, I'm out loud. So, what happened? The change? Well, after the eating of the tree, well, not eating of the tree, eating of the fruit of the tree, or the knowledge of good and evil, we find in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, the word for naked is different. It's totally different. It's another Hebrew word, and it's achrom, and it's spelled ayin resh mem, meaning nudity or complete nakedness, an utterly naked and helpless state. Why? Different words, because something happened between. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So... We can see that something happened to man after he ate the fruit of the tree. He lost the covering he had from Yahuwah in the creation. Yahuwah clothed them with a substitute covering in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 that he provided. Unto Adam also unto his wife did Yahuwah make coats of skins and clothed them. So Adam and Eve were given garments of skin, but originally you and I were supposed to be garments of light and not skin, which is why we have a stinking problem in this world and why we never quite feel at home and why we always feel that we can bust through the interdimensional reality that there is something more. Something more if you're a spiritual-minded being. When I was a little boy, I always knew there was something more. When I was six years old, my mother had the whole village looking for me in England. She was so nervous. I was gone for the whole day. They found me at tea time, sitting in a meadow all by myself, talking to the sky. I've always kind of been like that. I've always been like trying to think and my son Levi's like that. He comes to me and he's like, think about this, Papa. Yahweh has always existed. He was never, I'm like, oh yeah, I used to think about that all the time when I was a little boy and my brain would just like burst. Do you think about that? Well, you need to start thinking it. See, they don't teach you to think like that nowadays, do they? Salem-Kaiser Public Schools. All right, we'll bring that into school on Monday, too. We're going to bring you the curriculum, a new curriculum, nakedness and proper thinking. Now, the word for skin is fascinating in the Hebrew. It's or, and it's spelt ein vav resh. But the word for light is what? The same, except it's spelt slightly different. Aleph, Vav, Resh. So what's the distinction? Well, with the Hebrew ruse of what's called temarut, Temerut, where is where you exchange letters in the Hebrew, the Aleph being replaced by the Ayin represents a spiritual decline, a spiritual descent. So the Aleph, which is symbolic of Yahuwah Elohim, and has the numerical value of 1 and then the ayin represents and alludes to sin so you have the ayin vav nun or in the hebrew the avon the supernatural light that illuminated from the garden of eden and then there was a spiritual descent and they were clothed in garments of sin and garments of skin that are garments of sin Kind of a lot to, well, I'm going to go back and watch that movie again. Kind of a lot, isn't it? Well, let's finish up with the breastplate, because this kind of ties in. Because it's all Satan's fault, as we know. Because he was the high priest. And thou shalt make breastplates of judgment, of cunning work. Cunning work. And after the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen, shalt thou make it. Now, I don't, I'm not going to get into the whole teaching here. If you want to get into a fabulous teaching on the breastplate and SA Tan, you can go back historically and look at the fifth scroll of the Yehezkel Ezekiel scroll teaching series. And I think I spent like two hours going into Satan being the high priest that slew the Mashiach from before the foundation of the world. Anyway, that is a very fascinating teaching, and that is in um, Ezekiel scroll 5. But let's look at Ezekiel 28 verse 13, where it is written, talking about Satan, S-A-T-A-N, you were in eden the garden of elohim every precious stone was your covering well not every but a few of them but some were missing the ruby the topaz the diamond the beryl, the shochem, the jasper the sapphire turquoise emerald and gold the workmanship of your settings and mountings was prepared for you On the day you were created. So this tells us that Satan or Chael in the Hebrew had how many stones out of the twelve? He only had nine. Three were missing. And these three qualities that they them there let's go with his preferred pronouns they them there right that's where it comes from the preferred perverted pronouns are missing so if if that comes up in public you know just my preferred pronouns just so that you know are king and priest all right so that's you know if we're going to go that way I'm going to put that at the end of my email preferred pronouns let's just go with king Okay, all right, now we've cleared that up so that I can be, you know, all things to all people. Good night, Josephine. Well, this is where it came from. I, mean, I think Mel Gibson did a good job on the movie when you see that S.A. Tan is like androgynous, you know what I mean? They, them, there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm allowed to have religious freedom of expression and freedom of speech. I love it. And those of you that don't like it, <laughs> number one the three qualities that we find missing Hyacinth. Hyacinth. What does that mean? That's interesting, because we're out here on Hyacinth. That's the road that we are out right now, Hyacinth. Hyacinth is gem number seven, and that represents the name of Yahuwah. And we are proclaiming the name of Yahuwah from Hyacinth. Take that. Number two gem that's missing is gemstone number eight, agate, agate. And that means to restore life and to return to Yahuwah, to shuv, meaning to repent. That was missing. So the name of Yahuwah is missing. Repentance is missing. You can see why we've got a problem with sa 10, can't you, right? And number three, um, gemstone number nine was missing on the priestly libra- breastplate, which was amethyst, which means to join closely. To join closely, if you break it down in the Hebrew. So hang on a minute. We've got the name of Yahweh that's missing. We've got repentance and brothers and sisters joining closely. Right? Isn't that the world? They hate the name of Yahuwah. They will not repent. And it's all about bloody division. Isn't it? That's it. Let's stoke the fires of division. Let's divide everybody as much as we can. Let's bring up all the bad history that's ever happened and try and remind people of all the bad stuff that man's done that you were never around for, but we'll just bring it up anyway. And um, that should cause enough division and keep the stupids arguing against one another. All right, don't you dare talk to me about faith and don't you ever bring up the name of the Mashiach in public. In fact, if there's any Ten Commandments on any courthouses, let's make sure we take those down. All right, repentance. Don't ever talk about repentance. You have to be vengeful and you never forgive anybody. You remember everything. In fact, we're going to remember everything you said 15 years ago on your Twitter feed and then we're going to de-platform you and we will never forgive you. Does that sound like the world we're in? It's luciferic at its blooming core. I have got these little devil's numbers. You're not <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna relax. Right, I did take I did take a baby aspirin today. That's okay, Tamara. I'll survive. <sighs> it's a lot, it's a lot, you know, it is. So let's get back onto track here. <laughs> So there's nine stones that are remaining. Three are missing, Satan, Ha'el has got nine stones. But we know that he has corrupted the righteous characteristics of these stones. Yahuwah and the Kohen Hagadol, the high priest, would have 12 stones and they would be perfect manifestations and reflections of Yahuwah's glory and magnificence. But we know that Satan has only got nine. And of the nine that he's got, they have got to be corrupted because he is a corrupted being. That is all about what? Bringing down the glory of Yahweh and raising up his own glory. So we have to look at the nine stones, but in converse. We have to look at their attributes in converse. And you can clearly see it. Ruby. Ruby represents the tribe of Reuben. And ruby means submission to Yahuwah and those over you. What's the opposite or the converse of submission? Rebellion. He's got a stone of rebellion. Second stone, topaz. Topaz, like the sea of glass. Topaz, pure, the tribe of Simeon. The opposite of pure impure, unclean, tamay. He's got a stone of tamay. Now you're seeing what the world is moving to. And this is what the metaverse is going to be built upon. It's going to be built upon the nine stones of Satan. This is what they're doing. It is going to be a place of rebellion. It is going to be a place of uncleanness. What they're going to be getting up to in that digital world of their digital selves is going to be a place—a place of uncleanness. Number three, beryl means to give light. It's from the tribe of Levi. Levi, you're paying attention. It's from your tribe. What's the difference there? The converse is to be in darkness, to be in ignorance. People don't want to read anymore. They just want to go into virtual reality. They will be so ignorant. This is what the Metaverse is going to be. Number four, turquoise. The Torah, the law of Yahuwah, the tribe of Judah. Lawlessness. lawless. It's going to be no law. Number five, sapphire. The sefer of Yahuwah, the book of Yahuwah, the holy scriptures, the tribe of, Tan, of Dan. Well... Even today, there're going to be no scriptures, no Bible. Even in the church today, two-thirds of the Bible's missing, right? It's just a New Testament only. What's up with that? Well, that's not light, that's anti-law. that's anti-law. That's anti-light. The sixth stone was emerald, and emeralds are supposed to be healing. The tribe of Naphtali. They are going to be sick and full of disease. Boosted and Zeus did, right? The seventh stone, Chrysolite, and that is from the tribe of Zebulun, and that means to revere Yahweh, have reverence. There's going to be, they're going to be irreverent, they're going to be profane and in a common sewer of digital reality. Digital beings, primordial. Onyx is the eighth stone, the tribe of Yosef. And that means to be zealous for Yahweh, like the Zadokites, Zadok. So what does that mean? Indifference, lukewarm, don't care, don't care, don't care. Right? Oh, what about, yeah, don't care. What about, red, red, no, no, don't care. Yeah, I see it all the time. Number nine, Jasper, the tribe of Benjamin. Yahuwah is our strength. They're going to be relying on a digital universe, relying on their own flesh, their own strength to get things accomplished. This is the world because that is the glory that they're looking for. Sa 10, Hael, twists these righteous characteristics and attributes that we see of the breastplate. He twists them and turns them into the opposite of they them and theirs breastplate. And now you can sh- see how this is a perversion and that them, they, there will be the high priestess or priest, whatever they shift into, over these missing stones. And the three stones that are missing, of course, are Hyacinth. What's missing? Yahweh's name and his authority. The tribe of Gad, you see that. Esetan has lost their right to the name of Yahuwah. Esetan has lost their right to his authority. Agate, the tribe of Asher, means to restore life, to return to Yahweh, And that can happen through repentance at any time. But Esetan and all the Malachim, the angels that fell with him, her, there, they, them, theirs, have lost their ability to repent and do teshuva. Amethyst means to join closely, to have unity. It's from the tribe of Yisakar. Ethetan chayel is no longer joined to Yahuwah, has no covenant with Yahuwah, and has no rights to those in the Malkitzedic priesthood. It has no rights to you, has no rights to you, So we need to stand. Because in the Malkit Zedek Covenant, we gain these three stones. We gain these three stones by the light of Yahusha and him then balancing our lives out with the Torah and the testimony. And if you do not have that word, there is no nir tamid, eternal light in you. We still have the right to Yahuwah's name and authority. We still have the right to do repentance and return to Yahuwah. If you stumble and fall, then repent and return to Yahweh. Never give up. Never give up the faith. Keep pressing into Yahweh. We still have the right to be joined closely to Yahuwah in covenant and look forward to getting out of these garments of skin. I have a hope and a future of transfiguration and returning back to garments of light. Death, where is thy sting? What can you do to me, world? What really can you do to me? At the most, torture me and put me to death. What, I mean, death, Where is we are, we are set free and free indeed to live for hope and glory. We have the future if we continue to abide in his light, which is Yahushua. That's all I've got for you today. Give us some thumbs up. I mean, I really tried hard, as you can see. I mean, all right, maybe I got a little bit lost when I was looking for my dad back here and my grandma. I mean, you can only hope, right? Don't think I'll find them there, no. Oh, good night, I tell you. What would we do with me? Can you imagine? Accessibility options. All right. If you would like to get my attention, attention civil play, then please redline me in the chat. And uh, Miss Tamara Salerno, do we have anything you would like to say as you are live here in the um, studio today? Did you catch any chat that is of. Uh, nobody's redlining me. Uh, huh? There's a question that says. Uh, Hang on a minute. I think I'm going to have to refresh because we had a, a bit of a problem with the. Oh, there we go. Now I've got you guys. Hang on a second. All right. Let me get my glasses. Yes. Do you want to give her uh, a, a, uh, a microphone? Moshe, red line, red line. All right. So, what is behind the wall, Matthew? What is behind the wall? That is a good, not much. But you know, that's because I haven't been able to attain that uh, that uh, transfiguration glory yet. Oh, all right. Kevin Niebling, that's a good one, you know. He says, I have a friend here from the Ukraine named Jacob. We want to know why you want to send Josephine to bed. Because I always say, good night, Josephine. I don't know where that came from. It's something that I heard when I was a little boy from my grandmother. And it just stuck with me. And then my mother said it, and now I end up saying. It's kind of like when you're frustrated... I don't know. So maybe there was, I'm sure there's a story associated. Maybe Josephine just frustrated everybody and they'd be like, good night, Josephine. And off she went to bed. So, what is the ring on your right hand? It is the um, covenant Torah between the lions of Judah with the seven branch menorah. And um yes, that is the ring on my right hand, and it is the seal of authority, the seal of Yahuwah's authority in the Malkitzetic priesthood. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Eli, Ellie, Ellie. Chris De La Rosa. Yes, Tamra Salerno, he would like to hear you commentate, please. Does, do we have audio, Moshe, on the microphone? Is it switched on? Yeah, it's on. I don't hear a thing. Is the green light on? Yes. Yeah. Have you talked about different translations? Nothing. Let's hang on. Wait. We're going to wait for a good mic. Um, that Judy Brennan, once a year, the transfiguration in the Kadosh HaKadoshim Holy of Holies happened on Yom Kippur, on Yom Yom Kippur, allegedly. Allegedly. All right. I have. Am set. I working now? You have working loud. What was it? New batteries. Okay. Uh, okay. That's Megan. Good. Megan's asking. I wonder if Joseph's multicolored coat reflected light and why it was so mesmer memorizing. Yes, mesmerizing. Yes, or, or mesmerizing, a garment of light. A garment of light. Yes, Alex. The Nephilim are sons of the fallen angels. Jennifer asks, have you all talked about how different translations have different stones? No, I haven't. That would be a fascinating study. I don't think the NIV would qualify for any stones, do you? Just maybe, you know, <laughs> keep, it, keep it PG, keep it PG. <laughs> Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Yahuwah El Shaddai, who was and who is and who is to come. Emisri of Elohim, Shabbat Shalom. Emisri of Elohim, got some beautiful scriptures up there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Remember, register for Passover down in the description. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are watching, Libby Tube. Shabbat Shalom, Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen. She puts up that you were the anointed cherub that covered, or the Mashiach cherub that covered, and I placed you, you were on the set-apart mountain of Elohim. Of course, that is the trading and trafficking that Satan does in the nations with the corruption of his breastplate, with his breastplate. Wow, I don't think we have... Uh Too much going on in the chat. Looks you guys were busy, busy, busy. Well, Shabbat Shalom, Larry Hillis. This is Larry. Very good teaching today. We miss you, brother. I know you need to rest. And we are glad to have you back in Oregon and hope that you are well and we'll see you next Shabbat, I pray. And we've got Neil Edward down there and he says, Do you think the mandates will end in Australia and the world or is this the beginning of the end? It's the beginning of the end. Um, I, I mean, I think that they're going to um, extend this as long as they can, especially them down there in Australia. Australia, my goodness. Angela, bonjour. Shabbat shalom. At Torah to the tribes. How do the spirit and the fallen ones... Okay, that's a good question, but I've uh, got some young children here in the audience. Don't think I'll answer that one right now. But um, I did do a teaching on Bereshit Genesis 6 back in the day, Torah Parsha Noach. Not sure what edition it was, but I think, Angela, bonjour, it does address that then. Bereshit, um, Parsha, Bereshit, it's, uh, seventh, edition. seventh edition, seventh edition Bereshit. I think Angela should hopefully address that. Oh, Kevin Niebling, great question. Could you please explain how a young man could be born again to overcome the flesh and spend eternity with Yahuwah? Well, it it truly is um, a a wonderful, wonderful regeneration. Is that you firstly and foremost, Kevin, as you know, and we've discussed this many times around the fire, is you have to come to the realization that you are a sinner. That you've seen things, you've done things, and that your whole nature is corrupted. And you can't fix that. I mean, you can try and clothe yourself with works of righteousness. You can try and do anything. You can try and attain some kind of spiritual height. But you're still left with you trying to replicate outward behaviors and trying to change the inside. But the inside of man is corrupted. You've seen things that you shouldn't have seen. You've said things you shouldn't have said. You've done things you shouldn't have done. How can you change that? You're beyond redemption. No man can redeem his brother. And no man can redeem himself. But when you come to that acknowledgement, then with a contrite and pure and broken heart, you can make what's called teshuva, repentance. And you can repent but you need then to be forgiveness and receive forgiveness and that only comes through the shedding of blood is the remission of sins that's what the whole tabernacle experience was about and Yahushua performed that act of redemption by living a perfect sinless life and he is alive, resurrected, witnessed to by over 500 people, witnessed to over by 6,000 manuscripts, witnessed to even by the whole procedure of the crucifixion in the American Journal of, of Science and Medicine. I mean, there's so much evidence. And if you ever want to read about the evidence, then there's a great book out. And do you remember the book? It was, um, what is the book? Anybody? A case for Christ, and who is the author? Put it up in the chat because you should read that. It's a great, it's a forensic analysis on the on the, on the case of Christ. Lee Strobel, great book, great book, forensic analysis um, on 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 the case for Christ. But understanding that Yahusha is the only way, the way the truth and the life, and then with a heartfelt prayer of repentance, and a crying out to Yahusha in your private prayer time or it could even be public it doesn't matter but it has to be heartfelt then the power of yahushua and the power of the ruach Hakodesh comes to live within you and you're forever changed because now you have the consciousness of yahuwah which is his ruach Kakodesh, his holy spirit living with inside of you kind of got off track there on on that but i hope that that makes sense there is only one way and it is a very narrow way and it is a way that leads to life. But there is a broad way with lots of people on it and they're heading to destruction. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Do you think Joseph's multi-mote color was made of gems that reflected light? Yes, I do. I think it was woven in the fabric. I do, I do, I do. Jose, Shabbat Shalom down there in Florida. Wonderful and profound teaching. Our Father gave us true light so we may not stumble. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Diesel crampar up there in Snohomish. Science let Lee Strobel to his faith. Yes, that's right, that's right, science. It's all in the science, right? <laughs> Clowns, absolute clowns. Merismos 7, thank you, Matthew. The parallels of our temple and the tabernacle are resonating. Creates a boom for meditation and prayer in our life. Also, new life given in the breastplate. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, thank you. I don't think anything in Canada has to do with any end times prophecy. No, don't don't think Ellie, oh, she's calling me on my stuff. She is. She's calling me out. Matthew, you never came around the fire at the feast. Will you commit to do that at the next one? Oh, she's calling me on the carpet. I wouldn't say never. I did come around the fire, but I didn't hang long. It is true. Um, Yes, I will do that. But in past Sukkots, I was there all the time. But the last Sukkot... I felt like it was um, kind of a a, a time where everybody seemed like they were having a really good midrash. And I I was, uh, no I didn't, I didn't, you're correct. I wonder why. I must have been exhausted. Miss Tamara Salerno is acknowledging that I was exhausted. Yes, I will commit to that, Ellie. Thank you so much. I'll get a seat, I'll get a chair. I got myself a new deck chair, I'll bring that, how about that. Brad and Karen, East Texas. Shabbat shalom. It makes more effort the deny, to deny our Redeemer than to have faith in the truth of our Redeemer. Yes, because to suppress something, you have to constantly, constantly, constantly suppress it. Okay, but to accept—this is my my whole my whole new way of life—is to accept everything, just to accept, because that is freedom. Whatever happens, I accept it. I accept it, and then I'm free. And you know the world is full of good people and wicked people. And sometimes your paths will cross with chaos and wicked people and their plans. You have to accept it. And you walk down the path and you shall be delivered. It's just life. You can't fight it. It's fine. You grow from it. You become better. You pivot and shift and you make plans and you learn. And that causes you to pour forth into the next season and it's a promotion it's always if you approach it that way i used to fight these things now i accept everything and it is truly the harder it gets the more you accept and the better you become and it just brings you to a whole new awakening it truly is amazing isn't it miss tamra all right good somebody agrees with me I'm talking to my bloomin' self up here. All right, we'll go with a couple more comments here. Machiatu, machiatu, machiata, machiata, end times prophecy. We've got a lot of people interested in the end times. If you're interested in the end times and you want to really get wigged out, then read the Revelation. Do the Revelation series. I think I did the Obadiah series. That might wig you out a little bit too. Lots of stuff here at Torah to the Tribes to bend your mind and warp you and make you think very, very seriously about continuing on in the flesh. Truth hurts. I'm late. I just got here. But that just spoke to me, thank you. Well, praise Yahuwah and thank you for tuning in, Truth Hurts. And I like your little image there. You've got to the side. I'm surprised they allow you to put that up. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Shabbat Shalom, nieblings up there in the hood. Hope all of your little little ones are doing well and your lovely wife. I hope she's doing well and not in the kitchen right now, Kevin. Hopefully, you, Hannah, are sitting back, relaxed. Maybe Kevin's doing your toes or something. Or are you in the kitchen? She's in the kitchen, isn't she? Kevin, if she's in the kitchen, get her out of the kitchen. Give the woman a break. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. I hope to see you guys at the Passover. Please register for the Passover. It is in the description and blessings of Yahweh upon you. And I do hope you guys up there in Snohomish County are ready for music. And we look forward to seeing you and are praying for you. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Snohomish County. there in the fire press as well. So many of you out there are, and we pray for you. We'll finish with Bruce Edmonds saying something about Matthew. Thank you for today's teaching from Hyacinth Street. The Hyacinth Macaw is the royal blue purple. It is my absolute favorite, And he is switching to decaf as I should most probably as well. And Shabbat Shalom, Gabriella, in the sunny state of Hawaii. Cameron, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for reassuring us that Satan has no authority over the Malkitzedic priesthood. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. That is for sure and for certain. You guys have got quite a, a lot to say now, though, don't you? Now I'm finishing up. But I think we'll call it a day. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah to you all. Thanks again for tuning in. Sorry we had a little glitch. Leave some comments in the comment section. Go into the description and register for the Passover. Give us some thumbs up right now. Super appropriate. Please subscribe to the ministry channel. Let's get more subscriptions up. And please consider donating to Torah to the tribes. And thank all of you that do support the ministry through your generous giving so many through the snail mail and through our push pay digital platforms thank you so much and all of you that are on the community community groups keep it up we have connections worldwide and we are going to be starting some groups in different countries is that correct what countries have we got connections in right now all over the world Australia, New Zealand, and where else in Europe? Where we go? In England, we'll go. Go, that'd be nice. See if we can get get me in there. Get me in there with my special passport. Yes. Yeah. Go go see my mum. You know. Yeah. Anyway, lots to talk about. Lots to do. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, and Shabbat Shalom.